Hello, sports fans. Welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whitfield. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey, folks. How's it going? Uh, Steve here with another edition of Bold Sports. I think this is episode 44. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we started last year, uh, week one of NFL season. Yeah, right. We just and we just threw it together. Yeah, we, kind we didn't of did need just, a whole training camp. Yeah, right. We just we just got on the mic and started talking. Right, exactly. I mean, we missed an episode or two. Actually, we didn't miss an episode or two. Those just filed away for Matt and Steve. Well, probably Steve was just too drunk. And clip show. Clip those, show. We're saving those for the clip show. The, the, the retrospective. The, the 100th episode spectacular. Yes. Plenty of bonus content. That's what that is. Bonus content. Right on. So, uh, you, sir, had a sports night. You I did have you, a night. You went to... You had a night. Yeah. You went to a sporting event live in the city of Pittsburgh. Wow. Yeah. Now, I have been to a Pirates game this year. Yes, you um, have been. So it's not it's not my house. Stella's here. Stella, Stella's here. Like, hey, as soon as I mentioned the pirates, she like dug her claws into my arm. Like, sorry, Stella. Well, my cat knows. I know. I know. <laughs> Look, they were hot for a while. It's okay. They were hot until this afternoon. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about them later. Yeah. So yeah, I did watch a little of the pirates this afternoon. So did I. My big big news of the day was I went to the international champions cup. Soccer match at Heinz Field, Benfica versus Borussia Dortmund. So, I had a lot of fun there. Went with my dad. Um, we had the club seats, you know, and it was it was a good time. Um, well, well, go with your dad's key. Yeah, is, you know, hang out with your pop, have a beer or two, watch a soccer match. Something you're both interested in. Yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah, we're both into soccer. You know, we we talk about it a lot. We talk about baseball a lot too, but. Um, you know, we haven't been to a baseball game in a few years together. The last two things that we've attended have, have both been, uh, soccer games actually, because we went, we went to see the, uh, U.S. women when they were on oh. their, when they were on their tour after the last world cup. After winning the world cup, uh-huh. they came to Pittsburgh. And there was, was a Pittsburgh girl. That yeah, was, that was, that was, it was eight, it was like an eight, nothing, eight, one total blowout. Um, the highlight for most people was, well, one, seeing 40,000 people in the stadium for a women's soccer match in Pittsburgh was pretty, pretty novel. And then also, and that was the, and remains the biggest crowd, um, at a soccer match in Pittsburgh. Well, I saw your picture tonight on the Facebook of you and your dad at at the soccer Mm -hmm. game and your seats. I'm like, oh, for a Steeler game, that's fucking awesome. You were like on like, would have been the 30 yard line. About that, yeah. And towards the open end of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked around, and I saw heads, like, where you were at. But when yeah. I looked at the picture and blew it up across the field and so forth, there's a lot of empty seats. Yeah, I've, what they wanted to do, I would imagine, is keep everybody sitting on one sideline so then it wouldn't look empty to the cameras. Okay. Um, really, I believe that, because the players came out and, you know, they, they do their, you know, they stand and, you know, if they play anthems, they would stand it, but they weren't doing the anthems because it's, we're in the United States and these are teams from Germany and Portugal, respectively, and they the players are they, from everywhere. Now, they, they, they had the U.S. 
you know, the Star Spangled Banner sung by my high school classmate, Detective Sergeant Ricky Manning. Oh, wow. The Allegheny County Sheriff's Department. That, uh, that's probably a good guy to know. He's good. He's always good. He's good to know. Um, you know, if, if you're ever... If you're ever looking for someone who has a warrant out for them, like, he's already probably looking for them, too. So, you know, if you've got a warrant out for yourself, um, and you hear, like, uh, you know, like, you hear, like, boot print, like, footsteps, and, like, an Irish sort of tenor-sounding voice singing. You, you know what? He might have been at my, he might have been at my house, but not for me. Mm. Uh, I do live in a duplex. Mm. Uh, Uh-oh. A couple weeks ago, there was some pounding on the door, and a man and I had the front door open. And um, there was some pan on the door, and I went up to the door. I'm like, can I help you? They're like, we're looking for your neighbor. Okay. Okay. Cool. You got a warrant? <laughs> cool. Like, <laughs> it wasn't me. I'm awesome. Yeah. It may, or, there, there, it may or may not have been him, but who knows? I don't know. He he, he gets, like, the big timers, you know? Mm. Like, you'll, you'll see him on the front page of the paper. With, in a good way. In a good way, yeah. yeah, yeah. You never yeah. want to be on the front page of the paper in a bad way. But anyway, so that, that was a nice surprise. He's, you know, he sings the anthem. This guy, you know, grew up, not didn't grow up with, but we went to high school together. And, um, but the players come out and they stand on the sideline and they're, and they're facing, you know, the, the side of the stadium that's closest to PNC Park. Okay. And there's like hardly anybody in those seats. Right. But that's where the cameras are. So the cameras are pointing across the way on the side where I was sitting, and it was, it was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty good crowd on that side. A full side. And they weren't selling the upper decks at all, and apparently, like, people were, who tried to buy tickets on the other sideline, like, even at, like, club level and, like, the 100 level, like, it said those seats were unavailable. Mm. Um, you might have assumed that that meant they were sold, but apparently they were just not selling, you know, certain sections over there because they wanted everybody to sit on the one side. Um, you know, that's fine. Like, you know, Heinz Field is a close to 80,000-seater NFL stadium. I don't expect Pittsburgh to ever put 80,000 people in seats for anything that's not Steelers. Um, you know, but 16,000 was what the announced attendance was, and that's a little disappointing because that's that's fewer people than went to either of the other, like, European club exhibition games. Well, do you think it's World Cup hangover? Could be a little of that. Um, I think the World Cup hangover is actually the condition where people just stop caring about soccer once the World Cup's over. I think for a lot of Americans, World Cup hangover is like tequila hangover. Where, Which, yes, where you say tequila I'm, day. Okay, not to slag on tequila, um, and your day's over, that was yesterday. That so was, oh, I said yesterday was, so today would be your tequila hangover. Yeah, but like, God, Na- National Margarita Day was already, that already happened. Like, National Tequila Day, like, if you're just drinking straight tequila, well, you know, I mean, for, to celebrate National Tequila Day, like, maybe you woke up and you said, I have such a hangover from tequila that I'm not going to touch it for, like, a couple months at least. And that's what kind of happens with, with soccer. It's like everyone who got really into the World Cup, the World Cup ends and it doesn't come back for four years. And they don't have, like, a like a point to, like, jump back in with, like, club soccer. Right. Because they don't have a favorite team. So so here's, here's my question. Whenever you and I went to the um, Frozen Four right. at, at PPG and we were there for the games, 
Sure. Yeah. Walking around, and you saw hockey jerseys from. I saw a Zarley Zalapsky jersey that was a Hartford Whalers one. Oh, yeah. I saw some, like, old school pens, of course, because it was in Pittsburgh. I saw some, like, old school Red Wings jerseys. I saw some, like, Russian jerseys. Mm. So, while you were there today, did you see, like, soccer jerseys from everywhere? Yeah. From every... I'm I'm so glad you asked me this because, like, I was thinking today, like, would I wear my Crystal Palace jersey or my Team USA jersey? Um, I also have a Celtic jersey, but it's, it's a little faded and it's got some pretty gnarly mud stains from using it as a cycling jersey. For the past couple of years, so that's just dark beer you're drinking. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's grease and mud, right? Um, you know, and uh, so I, so anyway, I opted for the Crystal Palace, and it, it's yellow. It, everybody there was in yellow. There were so many kids in Pulisic jerseys, number twenty two for for Dortmund. Uh, he's far and away the most popular player on that team, right. at least as far as Americans are concerned, because he's a nineteen year old phenom. And he's is he the kid from Pittsburgh? He's from Hershey. Hershey. His All dad's right. an assistant with the Riverhounds presently, but he he grew up in Hershey. He you know went to play in Germany when he was like seventeen. Um, he's phenomenal. He played the entire first half. He's played forty five minutes in all three of their uh, exhibition games here in the states. Did so, he play in the World Cup? No, because the U.S. didn't play in the oh, World Cup. Oh, okay. Oh, because yeah, okay. But he does have a Croatian passport, so he could he could turn his back on us still and and. Uh, Go play for them, you know. But he, I think he's committed to, you know, being, you know, the the next like Landon Donovan slash Clint Dempsey. I mean, this this is the role model of American kids who want to be soccer players right now. Um, and wherever he plays his club soccer, like, you know, he's he's going to lose that connection if he switches countries. So I'm not worried about that happening. So like, you did ask about the jerseys. There's a ton of Pulisic. Um, there's someone in my section with a Celtic jersey, Glasgow Celtic from Scotland. There's also someone in my same section with the Rangers jersey, which is Glasgow Celtic's, like, bitter, bitter, bitter rival. rival. Was um, there soccer hooliganism? There was no hooliganism. Damn. Um, it's, it's pretty funny, like, you know, like, the way the suites work for, like, the Steelers and such. Like, you buy the suite. If your company has a suite, like, you're, right. you're allowed access to it for other events. Correct. None of the suites seemed to be open, except there was one suite, like, a couple sections down with some kids, and they were they were chanting, like, let's go Dortmund, and, like, and somebody else down the other end started to, like, here we go Dortmund, here we go, you know, everyone, so everyone's got to be a jag off at these events and do, like, a Steelers rip-off chant, just for fun. All right, so, um, so but who, I, like, I want to I finish about the jerseys. Oh, go, quick. go ahead. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to rattle a few off. ton of Arsenal, a few Chelsea... Uh, I saw, I think, like a Chivas Guadalajara from Mexico. Um, there was a West Ham guy in my section. Uh, there was a Fenerbahce Turkish jersey uh, directly to my left. Uh, a few Riverhounds jerseys, a lot of Team USA. There's always that one guy who has to be different, though. And I didn't see him until I was walking back to the tea station after the game. And he was wearing a purple Tracy McGrady Toronto Raptor jersey from the 90s. <laughs> and I want to salute that person right now. Um, I'm not a fan of soccer, and I got a free ticket. Um, and Tracy McGrady's been out of basketball for 10 years. So, yeah. It was the biggest, like, probably sports jersey convention in Pittsburgh. 
You know, you don't get that much variety when you go to a Steeler game. No. You go to no. a pirate game, you might see two or three people who are just in town to check out the stadium and they're wearing like Royals gear. Or, yeah, or they're wearing Cardinals gear, and they're just coming to a game yeah, because they're passing wanna, through. Passing through, like, hey, we're, we want to hit all the stadiums, and their team didn't happen to be playing. Yeah, um, it was a fun like carnival of like sports fandom, and no nobody nobody got in any fights. So, like, so I kind of figured like <laughs> with, with with the soccer jerseys, kind of goes along the lines with the hockey jerseys. Like when you and I went to the uh, Frozen Four, like I said, I mean we saw. You know, Penguin jerseys, of course, because it was in Pittsburgh, but we saw, you know, college jerseys, and we saw, uh, you know, Russian jerseys and Czech jerseys, and, and we saw, you know, um, you know, old school Hartford Whalers jerseys mm. and Quebec Nordiques jerseys. Yeah, and, and college like teams, that. like college and co- guys. And, of course, the yeah. college guys that were there with their team, or, you know, or their well, we school. Met some guy, we met some guys from, like, they were Gophers fans. Yeah. And the Gophers weren't in the Frozen yeah, Four. They, they, yeah. They, they, they just, this, they were cool. Like, they actually said they go every year. To yeah, the they go to the Frozen Four every year, and they're Minnesota Gophers fans. And, you know, and they're like, we're wearing our Gophers gear. And it's like, cool. Like, yeah. You know, and they drank Jack Daniels and had some good beer. Yeah. Um, Didn't we give but, them, like, strip club coupons, too? Well, we met somebody. We, cause well, we, it was because I carried them on me because I bartended in town. And no, I, I know. You don't have to explain where you got them. Like, but, Amanda's not listening. No, Amanda knows. I just <laughs> took like six stacks out of the old car. The other day, we're trading. <laughs> we're trading. We got a new car. So as we're trading in the old car, we had to go. You know, we had to go clean it out, and she's like, "You have like four stacks of strip club fucking coupons in here." I'm like, <laughs> "I do," and she's like. Uh, and you don't even work downtown. You're not anymore. doing your job, Steve. Your job is to pass those out to I know to drunken businessmen and convention. Right, but I don't work downtown anymore. She's conventions in town this weekend. I know. I don't work downtown <laughs> anymore, unfortunately. Um, I used to when I worked downtown. I used to make like an extra hundred and fifty a week just from passing yeah. those out and getting a kickback. But yeah. you know, yeah, here near there. I'm glad that you had a good night out. Mm-hmm. With your pop. Yeah. Um, got to see some soccer, some live soccer. I, it wasn't meaningful. No, I mean, there's a trophy involved. Yeah. And, like, they can put it on their resume. It's it's a minor tournament. So here's a question. We didn't even hit this. Who won? <laughs> Benfica on penalty kicks. Ben, okay, so did do a penalty kick? In, in the International Champions Cup, I guess because they don't want to have, they, they are trying to award a trophy, and I guess they don't want to have, like, a bunch of teams just tied because everybody got draws. So they um, they settle the match with kicks. They don't do any extra time um, after the 90, and, like, there were two minutes of stoppage time in the second half. So after that, you know, they just, you know, picked the side, went and stood down there and, and did a shootout. Um, Benfica made four of their five kicks. Dortmund only made three. So... You know, Dortmund put themselves in the hole early. Like, they missed, like, their first one. You could definitely, on the penalty kicks, tell, like, who was rooting for whom. Like, and it was three quarters, I would say, Dortmund fans. Um, and it was it was a good game. You know, Dortmund went up early. Um, the, the first 30 minutes, there were two goals, both by Dortmund. One was, like, a really skillful piece of, like, passing. And, you know, they had, they had been mostly hanging back. Like, Benfica was really... Asking all the questions, as they say, in the first, like, right. 20 minutes. 
but they um you know like Dortmund got like a couple counters they got they got one goal that was really nifty and then one goal that a lot of people thought was offside um, and the last soccer game I watched was the World Cup final where they had replay. And it was a little weird watching, like, the coach argue with the ref, knowing that, like, they weren't actually going to do anything about it. Um, I didn't, I mean, there's always issues with replay, but I thought the World Cup replay was pretty well handled for the most part. I didn't like that handball that they gave Croatia in the final, uh, against Croatia in the final, but, like, I'm... I, I felt weird, like, thinking, like, man, I wish there was replay in this meaningless soccer match, because that guy was totally <laughs> offside. And, I mean, I was, like, pretty much, like, I was sitting at, like, the 20-yard line of, of the soccer field. Not that there is one, but imagine it. 20 yards from the goal line, and that's right. about, I was about even with the last defender, and I was like, I could tell that that guy was offside. Um, so, for what it's worth, it's 2-0 at halftime, and then Benfica, their first goal... It was kind of just like a fluky, like you beat a guy on the wing, like cross it in and somebody's there. But their second goal was like a shot that got deflected and then ping-ponged off the shooter's chest. And he was able to like control it, even though it was coming like flying at his chest. He managed yeah. to like knock it down and get right back on it and get a shot off. And, and not just like, if I had a soccer ball hit me in the chest at that speed, I'd be like... <gasps> Oh my god! Yeah, and I'd probably fall over. And these guys are just going full bore at it. And I, you know, I give these soccer guys um, a lot of credit to just being in such condition to run back and forth so much. Yeah. Now, granted, when I was in high school, I ran cross country. Oh yeah. Um, and I did three point one miles in under twenty minutes. Um, That's good. That was a condition. That was a conditioner thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also played football and baseball and hockey, um, and cross country felt the same season as football. My football coach was like, you can go to the meets, but you're not going to practice. You come to football practice. Got it. Um, so it was a conditioner thing for me. Now, if you ask me to run a mile, I'm probably about, probably at 12 minutes. You know, I ran the Brookline (laughs) breeze last August Yeah, and I, uh, you are sitting on your couch right now with the eighth fastest human in Brookline. Ooh! <laughs> because they break down all the they break down all the times uh-huh. by zip code, so you can you can sort by zip code. And I, I finished like with the eighth best eighth best time of everybody from the one five two two six. Ah, and that's that's just like a joke. The the other funny thing about that is if if you just look at like the official like finishing order like you know, without sorting for age groups and such. Like, I beat, like, a 12-year-old by eight seconds. And you can, you can interpret that a couple different ways, okay? Like, I'm pretty sure I passed him well before the finish line, and he caught up to me. But, like, if you talk to my girlfriend, like, she'll have it, like, I ruthlessly, like, you know, like, chugged a shot of it, like, amphetamines and like sprinted down past freaking eggheads so I could beat this kid. Like I had like a hard on for this little like you know, it's probably you know, you know, you know, let me say speaking of your lovely girlfriend, I was looking through the Facebook and Twitters and so forth and I seen this thing that uh we all know it's Shark Week oh. and, and and so forth and I seen this beautiful presentation with the watermelon cut and dug out and had, 
you know, Swedish fish and everything else mm-hmm. going on in it. Um, Those Swedish like, sharks and she's like, and, and for like two weeks. And she's like, and I'm taking this to work tomorrow to celebrate Shark Week. And then there's a little video involved. And she says, and Matt, my sous chef, mm-hmm. and basically like, you're like, so what do you want me to hold so it doesn't fall and break? Uh, you know, <laughs> not really. Like all I did, <laughs> I like I, you know, I washed and, and prepped the fruit. There you go. You know, I I cut up I cut up the strawberries and I washed the blueberries. And she didn't ask me to mess with the pineapple, which is great because I've never broken down a real pineapple before. No, yeah. I, I usually get mine from a can. I I, uh, I I know how to break down a pineapple. Well, good for you. But, good for you. Yeah. Tropical Steve, right? You'll, you'll be you'll be the so yeah. so. Any event you want to see, <laughs> any, any event you want to see, any of those pictures of what Matt's lovely girlfriend Julia did, um, check out uh, Matt on Twitter. I'm sure there's pictures on there. Cause it's actually not tech. on Twitter. It's no. on my Instagram though. It's, it's the same. Instagram. My Instagram's the same as my Twitter. It's mm tasty. Yeah, um, yeah. But it was Shark Week, and she's like, "I'm making this thing," and I was like, "Really." You know, and so I helped, I helped with like the initial cutting, but when it got to the point where she's like going to do the teeth, right? Like that's too much precision for oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I'm like, wow. Yeah, because she like she, time on she that. peeled like the outer part of the rind. Yep. yep. And then there's like the, like the inner part of the rind that's white. And mm-hmm. like she cut like with like a melon baller, like, you know, you get the melon baller that's got the little like, like it's like shaped like a spade with like teeth. Definitely. On the other end. Yep. So she got that. I went outside and weed whacked during that por- during that portion. And after I was done with, with my like weeds and my edging, I came back in and I did the gills with toothpicks and leftover watermelon rind. And I didn't show you, I'll show you at the at the commercial. Um, there was some leftover watermelon that, that just came from like the cuts and I made I arranged that into a fish. Awesome. Yeah. And then I ate it. I saw. I, I saw that. <laughs> I saw. I'm like, man. I'm like, girl's talented. Mm. Yeah, um, very talented. She made. She made the baby um, fruit basket. That's like. It looks like a little like like baby buggy or like a little bassinet with like a little baby head, and then like, <laughs> it's like a fruit baby, like an orange or something, with like all the like melon around it. She did that for my uh, for my nephew's. Uh, well, he wasn't born yet. We didn't know it was going to be a nephew until the shower. But yeah, like the big like shower slash gender reveal, like we had a just bald little round headed cue ball androgynous baby made out of melon and oranges. It was delicious. She and makes good stuff. She really outdid herself. She does. Show. And if you guys uh, watched our uh, Super Bowl show that was live, um, she did make a wonderful quiche. Yeah, which was tasty and amazing. We like eggs in our house. Eggs are should be in every house. Yeah. So, not just to have them, like, we actually enjoy them. We don't just use them as yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. We make breakfast casserole. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I make, I, scrambled eggs. And I make eggs. egg sandwiches yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. So, it's keep it with the soccer egg. here, man. Yeah, back to the soccer. Um, so, how about the uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds? They did play a game uh, on the 21st, which was Saturday. Yeah. They played the Charleston Battery. They did lose 1-0. Uh, so, with that... The Charleston Battery and the uh, Riverhounds are kind of back and forth mm. uh, for second, third position. Right now, FC Cincinnati, of course, is leading the um, group uh, with 21 matches played, 13 wins, 5 um, decisions, 13 losses. Um, there's 44 points for, 41 goals against. 
Uh, Charleston Battery is at 20 matches played, 9 wins, 8 decisions, 3 losses. Is that how, it's, is that how I'm reading it right? WD. D is draws. 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 Yeah. Sorry, not decisions. Draws. You're thinking baseball. Yeah. Um, with 35 points and 28 um, goals for, I'm not seeing the goals again. Oh, where's the goals again? There it is. Uh, and whatnot. Uh, the Riverhounds, 18 matches played, 9 wins, 7 draws, 2 losses, 34 points, 1 point behind Charleston Battery, 21 goals for, 8 goals against, 13 um, GD, what's the GD? Goal differential? Goal differential, okay. Um, so you have that going for them. So, so the, here's what the Riverhounds have going for them. Eight goals against. Yeah. It's the lowest in the group. Yeah, and when we talked last week, it was seven. Right. And the number of goals for hasn't gone up. Correct. And that's what happened on Saturday. They they held Charleston scoreless for 88 minutes. And then, ah. And then you blink and it's See, over. See, I knew you probably watched some of it. I did games. watch it. I watched all of it. And, um, again, like, I, I just have to say, like, this ESPN thing, like, the streams are always good. And the MLB streams that I try to watch are terrible. So, so how and, um, hard is it for a team with 18 games in to hold an eight goals against the average? I mean, that's well, that's, that's pretty spectacular. Not average, like, that's total. Yeah, that's total. Yeah, so that's like eight goals against total with less 18 than, games played. Half a goal a game. That's, that's that's incredible, spectacular. Yeah, that's really good. Now they did have now we we've covered the Riverhounds and we've talked about them. They did have a lot of nil nil ties. Mm. Um, Offense has been a problem, and you're not uh, going to get through the playoffs if you can't score. Correct. You, you know, can get into the playoffs, but you're not going to get through them. I I don't know if they have like any options to like upgrade their attack at this point. Like I don't I don't know how it works in the USL. Um, Neither do I. In in the rest of the soccer world, there's like transfer windows, and there's one currently open, and then it'll it closes like right after the you know European leagues start, and it won't open up again until January, which will be too late for the Riverhounds. Um, you just I just wonder if they if they could maybe just if there's just like one piece that's missing that could like spark a little more offense, you know. Like, we're sitting here thinking about the Pirates and the trade deadline. Oh, yeah. And and we're looking at a soccer team that, that also has just pretty much everything they need to really, like, be a viable playoff team right now. But, like, we just need to get some So goals. the Riverhounds do this weekend. This Saturday, they head to North Carolina to take on North Carolina Football Club. Uh, North Carolina, uh, in the standings, are down towards the bottom. They're number 13. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina sitting in 19 matches played, six wins, five losses. Sorry, six wins. That's who we played on fourth and we beat them. Yeah, six wins, five draws, uh, eight losses, 23 points. They have 28 goals for, 26 against, and two game, uh, two point game differential. Uh, so. I'm starting to understand soccer a little more after doing this shit, especially with you. I'm starting to understand this a little more. Well, the Riverhounds Um, news this week also that they um, they're moving their match against Bethlehem 
on it, it was supposed to be the night of the Pitt Penn State game, right? And now now it's confirmed that that's going to be a night game, so they have moved it to because Friday. The Pitt Penn State game is a four o'clock. Oh no, the Pitt Penn State game is eight thirty prime time. Yeah. So the Riverhounds game that was going to be at seven on Saturday has been moved to Friday, which is my night off. So I'm going to get some tickets for that. Uh, and I might end up taking the Saturday off anyway and going to the Pitt Penn State game if I can swing it. Yeah. Um, those tickets, okay. By the way, folks, in the event you want to get tickets to the Pitt Penn State game, buy Pitt season tickets. Well, that's how you get them. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll get the Pitt Penn State ticket, and then you can sell it in the parking lot for $800 later. Well. To a Penn State fan. Oh, just the Pitt Penn State ticket. Yeah. yeah. What, you're going to not use it? If you buy the pit season tickets, yeah, and you get the pit Penn State tickets, yeah. If you buy two seats, pit season tickets, it's six hundred and twenty three dollars. Mm-hmm. The Penn State ticket alone is a hundred. Yeah, for upper level. Mm-hmm. If you're lower level, it's two hundred. Okay. Okay. If you're upper level, for two seats for pit for for pit season tickets, upper level is six hundred and. Twenty-seven dollars and seventy-seven cents, um, and that includes the Penn State ticket, which is a hundred dollars each. Okay, um, you can sell that Pitt Penn State ticket for probably three hundred to four hundred dollars each to Penn State fans, which will buy out your Pitt tickets and put some extra money in your pocket. Me I just per- can't me, imagine me having personally. I'm gonna go ahead and go to the Pitt Penn State game. Yeah, I just, I couldn't imagine, like, if Penn State fans think that Pitt's so rinky-dink and, like, not on their level, right? why would they be willing to pay that much over face value to see them? Because they're Penn State fans. So what, they don't have, like, a math department at Penn State? Um, they don't give a shit, (laughs) is what it comes down to. I guess it, I mean, opposed to, like, traveling and getting a hotel room, I guess it still is a bargain. If you want to see one game, yeah. If you live in if you live in Western PA, well, how many travel. how many Pittsburgh people are Penn Staters? Honestly, a lot one of, of them. Is, my ex wife and her whole family are all Penn Staters. There was so much. Even at the soccer game today, there was like a, a pretty like obvious Penn State contingent, right? You know, I don't Penn think State Pitt fans like Penn go State out of their has way a to, decent soccer program. They do have a decent soccer program, and they're and they're in a good soccer conference. But guess what? So is Pitt. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like Pitt gets shelled in ACC soccer, though. ACC soccer is the best. It, it is. It's like ACC basketball. I mean, yeah. shit. A, ACC soccer is the best, and then you you've got some good programs like Akron. Yeah, and it's because it's like a regional thing, mm-hmm. you know. It they is. Don't, they don't need to. I mean, they just beat up on the MAC, you know, and and they're good enough to play in the in the NCAA tournament and win it all. Their coach, the uh, Caleb Porter, who's the coach of the um, Portland Timbers in MLS right now, was the Akron coach when they won NCAA's. Right on. So. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break right now. You're going to listen to a few things going on at Silvertron Media Studios in Beachview, Pennsylvania. And uh, we'll be right back uh, with some more insight on some good old uh, sports going on. So take a break, have a beer, and see you in a few. Let's talk tech. 
tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. Hey, folks, and we're back here for our second uh, edition here to this episode of Bold Sports. Where are we going this segment? Where are we going this segment? Because, yeah, I don't have any notes. This is two shows in a row that I, like, I didn't do any notes. We're just, like, going right off the cuff. What up? I'm just working. Uh, yeah, I'm out. I'm out there in the streets, man. I'm out. Yeah, there. yeah. Matt's I'm out the, there in the event. You Matt's know? in the streets in the event. I I was at work about. I didn't know my name for five hours tonight because mm-hmm. the first ticket came through at five o'clock and at like nine forty five, it stopped. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. wait, I have glasses caught up. Oh wait, all drinks are poured. All right, cool. And I relaxed for a second and like took a sip of Mountain Dew that was watered down that I poured at five o'clock. Oh man, uh. I just <laughs> I used to work in service industry, man. Like I've had those nights. I, I was never a bartender, but I've I've had those nights on the line. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was in service bar night, which takes care of several hundred people. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, that's what's so, called cranking. So this afternoon, before I went to work. I got to see six innings of good baseball and a trying team today. Yeah. Prior to today, I saw 11 games of a really trying hard team, really good baseball, uh, and I think a lot of luck in there, too. There's always some luck involved. Oh, there's luck involved you know, in everything. You're hitting a round ball with a round bat. You know, yep. It's always a little bit of luck involved. But we talk about the Pirates here. Um, how many games were they on the last time we recorded? It was All-Star break. It was All-Star and they, break. And they had won, like, the last, what, like, five, six leading into the All-Star break? Something like that. And so, like, oh, they swept Milwaukee. They swept that, Milwaukee. That's what it was. Five it was games a five-game sweep yeah. from Milwaukee. Um, yeah, that's crazy. You know, we didn't we didn't expect it to, to be that way. We, we would have been happy if they had taken, like, three out of five. Completely. In, against Milwaukee. Um, I have a rule that I don't allow myself to look at the All-Star, or I'm sorry, at the um, wild card standings. Oh, yeah. Until the All-Star break. Right. That just goes back even to, like, the years when the Pirates weren't even close. Um, I just, when, when the wild card was this new thing, I was just like, I'm not going to get too excited about this wild card um, until, like, the All-Star break. Because by the All-Star break, you should be able, even when they didn't have a wild card, you know, it was kind of fun to, like, make a prediction of who you think is going to be in the World Series. Yes. You know, based, you know... Do you, do you change your initial prediction from the beginning of the year? So, you know, it's a good time to reassess things. And that's when I said, like, I will look at the All-Star, or I will look at the wildcard standings on the All-Star break and not a day before. Even if it's just going to be, like, you know, the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Dodgers, and the Pirates are nowhere to be seen. Like, I just, I don't even want to, like, concern myself with it until the season's at least half over. In, the, in a couple years where the Pirates were... Like, you know, really going well on all cylinders when they had McCutcheon 
and Burnett and everything was looking up for them, I might have cheated and looked at it a couple weeks before the All-Star break. But not too far ahead. Because you, you just don't want to shoot for it. Like, you're not, that's not your goal. Your goal should not be the wild card. No, your goal should always be win your division. Completely and win your division. Especially as a Pirates fan, having been to three wild card games in a row and only win one of them, you know, it's important to actually get into a series. That's when it really feels like real postseason baseball. Like, I know all the teams that qualify for a wild card get, get to wear a hat that says postseason, but it's not the playoffs. You know, it's a play-in game, as far as I'm concerned. It is. So it shouldn't be your goal. Unless you did so much damage to your uh, winning percentage in, like, May and June that, you know, people were ready to, like, tear up the whole team. I mean, there are people ready to, you know, get rid of the furniture in the offices at that stadium, and not just the players. Right. Um, Neil Huntington actually said that the performance of the team in the run-up to the trading deadline is what will determine if they're going to be buyers or sellers. And it's like they called his bluff because they, they won 11 in a row. And yeah, they lost today, but they still took two of three from the Indians, so, who are some people's World Series favorite out of the American League. So so the other day, I was on my way to work, and I was listening to WDB. They had on Dickerson mm-hmm. from the Pirates, who was woken up out of his hotel room to come on the air at 9 a.m. on WDB. Oh, wow. Um... And they asked Dickerson about how the team is, this, that, the other thing, and whatnot. And, of course, he's a player. He's like, we're doing strong. We're doing well. You know, we're clicking together, this, that, the other thing. And then Randy Bauman gets on and says, so was this like a major league type thing where, like, you had, like, a cardboard cutout of, like, Neil Huntington or Bob Nutting being like, you know, you know, we remove a piece every time we win a game and it, like, shows some like nipple and shit and he laughed it was like no <laughs> yeah uh, I, I I don't know if it was Randy Bauman or someone else on Twitter but they they made a similar joke and like yeah like there's no need for that I mean obviously no one wants to see Bob Dunning or Neil Huntington naked yeah um especially in a locker room full of guys but it was a fun joke yeah um definitely with the major league reference so the Pirates, uh, their last loss was against the Nationals. Then they won the last series game against the Nationals, went on uh, and went ahead and won five straight against the Brewers at home. Okay. Uh, All-Star break, won three in Cincinnati, won two of three in um, Cleveland. They lost this afternoon in Cleveland. They're coming back home. They got the Mets. Five out of six games, we conquered Ohio. It's very important to note. Everybody knows Pittsburgh conquers Ohio. But anyway. um, Shit. I mean, 
Ben Roethlisberger is the wingest quarterback in Cleveland Stadium. Yeah. So, in yeah. Brown Stadium, Ben Roethlisberger is the wingest quarterback. Yeah. In Brown Stadium. They should put a statue of Ben. <laughs> they should. But they come back home. Uh, they're going to play later on uh, this evening. Of course, Matt and I are recording early in the morning, so our apps already uh, allude to say today. Mm. Um, got the Mets for four in Pittsburgh. Uh, and then the Cubs come in uh, for two, but isn't one of those a doubleheader? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that either. Um, those are those are weeknights that I don't get to go to. So so Wednesday. It's I'm a, more focused it's, on it's, the Cardinals next weekend. It's a Tuesday and a Wednesday. I, I'm not sure if, if one of those is a doubleheader or not. Don't hold me to that. Cardinals come in Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then the Pirates, uh, Sunday, of course, is the 135 getaway game. And then the Pirates head out west to go play the Rockies. So they have three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine home games coming up. Yeah. Uh, Mets are a subpar team. Yeah, that's a haveable series. We can win that. That's a haveable series. Four games, you should be. The way the Pirates were playing up until today, and they had a great game today. They played a great game. Uh, Stully Morte went out in the first inning getting uh, uh, hit by a pitch in his hands, which is never good. Um, he got taken out after the first inning. So Stully Morte had a 17-game hitting streak going. Yeah. Uh, he, got hit in, he got hit in the hands. Um, there's been no update on that since. Uh, he left the game. Hopefully it's just like a swollen finger or whatnot. They said it was his catching hand, not his throwing hand, which is better. Yeah. Um, not for batting. Not for batting, but fielding-wise. Uh, so, his 17-game hitting streak does come to an end. Yeah. It's Pirates' 11-game winning streak comes to an end. Um but people are excited again. It people is are exciting. all in on the pirates all of a sudden. Like it might, it might only last a week. It might, it might last a month. Well, it's something. It's something to care about. It's like it's almost like the pirates were like, you know, baseball season doesn't really start until the World Cup's over. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Like I was, I was able to pretty much ignore the pirates for a month because they weren't very good. And I just kind of wanted them to tear everything down and get new players, like, for being better next year or the year after that. And we talked last week about how I don't really trust the management team to make the right decisions. I I don't either. So I'm a little nervous now. Like, if they go all in on this wild card run, like... Well, I don't care if they give away too much for those of you listening. I don't trust them to ever get all the prospects into the majors at the same time. Right. Also, for those of you Get listening, prospects. I'm, sure, now. I'm sure you saw it. We threw out there on Bold Sports on Twitter a little poll. What do you think the Pirates going to do come to the trade deadline? A, go all in and bring players in to win now. B, do nothing. Or C, trade away the players that we have that are doing things well. I personally think I'm going with B, is that they're not going to do anything. They may make a small move, bring in a middle reliever, yeah, um, <clears throat> trade away a prospect and a draft pick, 
um, somewhere along those lines. They're not going to bring in. Um, they're not going to bring in a a free agent or a rent a player. And I don't want to rent a player. Uh, it's well, stupid to get a rental player for a wild card game. You're gonna you're gonna trade away prospects. For somebody who might help you get into a one-game play Well, that's game. where you don't trade prospects. You trade draft picks for a rental player. You don't trade prospects for a rental player. You trade draft picks. That's, that's never how it works player. in baseball. You're always giving yeah, up someone you're, from your you're, farm you're, system. You're giving up somebody. Um, like, what was it, 2013? They brought in Justin Morneau. And Marlon Bird. And Marlon Bird. And they traded away, some, they, they traded away draft picks as well as... Uh, minor league players. Those were those were fine pickups. Those like, are those were and Marlon Bird stayed with the Pirates for the following season. They got some well. players out, out of these deals that weren't just rentals. Like they yeah. got Wandy Rodriguez, yeah, with some control. Um, Morno was a rental player. Yeah, you know, and you see what happened there. You know, like, was what hurt. was a year or two later? Jay Hat was a rental player. Yeah, and, and they should have. They should have. Fucking sign him. Well, he's. But. It's funny you mention that because, like, let's talk about who they might get. I've heard Hap is is available to be had. Yeah, I've I've heard the Pirates are interested in a reliever from Texas called Keone Keela. Yes, uh, he would be decent, but he would be like what you were talking about. Just get a middle. Well, reliever. there's also a guy from Minnesota that they were talking about. Um, Stance, uh, not Stance Sabrin. Who's on fucking TV in the morning? Gene Collier. Oh. Uh, is it Gene Collier? I, you know what? I haven't listened to DV in the morning. And- uh, it's on my way to work. <laughs> you got to realize, man. Oh, uh, yeah. shit. You're um, up for a little earlier than I am. Some on occasion. Um, my my morning sports often. show is Ron Cook. But uh, who, whoever's on DVE, they're talking about a guy from Minnesota that uh, is looking, uh, Minnesota's looking to move. He has a year left on his deal. The Pirates would have to pay him. Uh, he's a $10 million a year guy. So the Pirates bring him in this year. They'd pay the second half of the salary, and ten million next year. Um, he's a little wild, and, but when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's off. Who's that sound like to you? Go back to the Pirates in the nineties. Who's that sound like to you? When he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's off. Drayback? No. Think about Ian Park Cookie. Ian Park. Yeah. John Smiley. Oh, yeah, yeah. John Smiley. When he was on, he was on. When he was off, he was off. You know. There was no two of hands or butts about it. Yeah. And I can't remember the guy's name out of Minnesota. They were talking about on the on the radio the other day. Um, I haven't heard anything about anyone from Minnesota. Like, I I heard Cole Hamels. Like, I don't think, I think they have uh, to give up too much for him. And dude, I don't think he's worth it. Like, you know, I don't even think, I don't even think Texas is that happy with him right now. You know what, Cole Hamels right now, though, I mean, uh, and I respect Cole Hamels as a pitcher. I respect him as, you know, uh, a guy. And he's going to just do his job no matter where he's at. Uh, he's getting towards the end of his baseball career. Yeah. Um Cole Hamels, uh, we mentioned on this show before. The thing um, is, you can rely on him to take the ball every five Yes, days. you can retire every five days. We need that. Yeah. Cole Hamels was the guy that, that beamed fucking Bryce Harper at his first at bat. Yeah. Okay? And, and, and even said, yeah, I fucking hit him. And didn't care. I just think um, Texas is kind of still in the race, too. So they're going to want something in, in exchange. 
for yeah, criminals. Yeah, so I'm yeah, not into yeah. that. Now, an, an intriguing name that I've seen is Chris Archer. Because okay. Tampa's not going anywhere yeah, this year. Yeah, Tampa's not going anywhere. And you'd be getting years of control. Like, whatever you give up, like, it would it would be worth it to, like, reach into the farm system. Like, I, I would trade Austin Meadows in a deal. I don't know if I'd trade Austin Meadows because you know what Dickerson's been talked about going. Right, well, so, okay, Dickerson would go somewhere as a rental player, but Meadows could be, like, a piece that you could rebuild with. Right, right? so why would the Pirates so, trade so Austin Tampa, Meadows? So Tampa could take Meadows and make him part of their, like, outfield of the future. And so who else the Pirates, who are always, 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 like, since John Smiley left, the Pirates' biggest issue has always been pitching. Always. It's like people who don't even follow baseball could be like, oh, the Pirates, they need pitching. And you wouldn't say, like, sir, you're an idiot. Like, you, you might, like, be able to say, well, they also need corner outfielders who can hit for power, or they also need, you know, you know, reliable, like, infielders that, you know, can actually field their position. <laughs> okay, but, like, you're not going to argue that they, like, they're fine at pitching. Well, oh, you all, and that's, I think, true for all baseball teams. Were you, you still watching the pitching. game there where Jordy Mercer made a diving catch, or a diving stop at short, and then flipped it over to Sean Rodriguez at second, and he made the out? No, um, I missed that. Uh, it was a beautiful play. Oh. Jordy Mercer's been talked about. Yeah. Um, on the block. So, Josh Harrison... I need to see him go because, like, who, who's the next shortstop? Like, Hanson? Who's, who's, who do we have uh, waiting in the wings that can play shortstop? I think it is Hanson, but there's also the other guy, second, that they're waiting to bring up together. Because mm. they're getting the chemistry together for them in AAA. Right Why now. do I feel like Clint Hurdle wants nothing more than to run out Sean Rodriguez as his starting shortstop every day for the rest of the year? Okay, so Sean Rodriguez, before... Before he went on the DL, was hitting 145. Sean Rodriguez went on the 15-day DL, had a whatever he had. I mean, he pulled his pussy muscle. Um, And he comes back off the DL, and he's hitting 325. He crushed that ball. So so maybe, you know, hey, go take some time off. Go to fucking Indianapolis. Go do what you need to do for a week or two. Come back and we'll see you again. Uh, I mean, I'd like Sean Rodriguez. I really do. I still think that if you saw him in an alley, he might shank you. But, I mean, dude, when he came back to Pittsburgh, he got one of the biggest standing O's there was being announced. And then it was the 13th inning and he had a walk-off home run and the dude hadn't batted in a month and a half. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, it... It, I, it is a little, like, goosebumpy when shit like that happens. Like, you start to wonder, like, what's going on here? Right. Is there is there some sort of force, like, greater than, you know, the power of the team as a collective? Dude's lucky to be alive and he's, walk again. I'm glad... Look, I'm glad we have him. I'm um, glad we have him, too. He's, I mean, he's a great utility player. Very he's, good he's utility versatile. player. Um, but we're, we're not talking about him as, like, even one of the four outfielders. No. So, we're talking right now, there's, before the injuries that have been creeping in, you, you had Polanco, Marte, Dickerson. Yep. And the fourth outfielder has been Luplo during this streak. Yeah. And he's been decent. Yes. So, 
they they could they could ship Meadows for someone like long term, like for like somebody who's going to be a part of the organization for a few years, or they could ship Dickerson to go be a rental player for someone. Either way, you know, you you could be looking at Meadows coming back up, or you could look at Luplo being like the everyday left fielder. I would rather see Meadows come back up if they move Dickerson. Yeah. So okay. So you you would rather they trade Dickerson. For somebody who I don't more, want to trade Dickerson like at all. Situation. I don't. I don't either. I don't, I don't want either. to trade Dickerson at all. And they would have him for one more year, I believe. Uh, yeah. So and he's got arbitration this year. So if the Pirates don't match what somebody else was willing to pay him, then he's gone. Well, I like. I know the Pirates hate spending money, but paying somebody in arbitration, like that's pretty much that. That process is designed for teams like the Pirates. Well, yeah, you know. Because it's like somebody says, like, well, me and my agent think I'm worth this much, and you think I'm worth way less than that. And, like, let's ask a judge what they think. Yeah. You know? So, you're going to put it out there, and, like, the Yankees are going to pay me $12 million. You already paid me 10 Do you want to pay me 12 to keep me or not? So, yeah. I mean, that's what... That's, that's like a no-brainer. I yeah. think just, you need you need him right now. He's He's got a hot bat. He does. He's a... He's very he's, he's cooled. He's had periods where he's cooled off, but he didn't go into like a tailspin like Polanco did. Um, Correct. Which Polanco's come out. Marte is incredibly injury prone. Uh, we see that today, but he did get hit. But by that's a part of it. Our ball. But that's part of where he puts his hands when he's batting. Like even when he takes a pitch, mm-hmm. you know, he still gets hit in the hand with the ball. Like it's not good. And, like, I don't want them to, like, screw up his hitting approach you know, by, you know, like, making him change As that. a batter, I grew up playing ball, and I, you can't see this, but I'm sitting here with, with a bat. You know, you see a pitch come inside, you turn into it. You take your yeah. hands away and take it on the arm, take mm. it on the bicep, take it on the shoulder, take mm. it take it on the backside. You know, you, 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 turn, you turn away from the ball. You don't. Just let it hit you. I mean, well, maybe maybe Marte needs to try batting with a cigarette in his hand. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe that's the difference. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't want to ash my carpet, but right, I mean, right. yeah, because if you did ash on the carpet, Amanda would beam you. Yes, there there would be some consequences. Yes. There'd and there's some, also the whole thing music. And there's also the whole thing about remember when you were your little like, yeah, fucking put the cigarette out. You turn your feet. You put the cigarette out. Boom. See, Edgewood was more of a, a dip league. Oh. Yeah. So. Yeah, my coach always smoked. He's like, do you eat through cigarettes? And you're like, you know, now when you turn your body and you turn your feet, you put the cigarette out with your feet, you know. Um, See, man, adults smoked around us all the time when we were kids, and we turned out fine. 80s, man. The 80s were awesome. If we can go back to the 80s, it'd be awesome. I I can't say that. I, I If we could have the technology now. The technology now. And in the 80s. Yeah. The music's better now. Uh, I'm not one of these people who gets, like, goofy over 80s music. Like, the 80s as a genre, to me, is kind of a lie. Like, there was some good music in the 80s. Like, The Clash. There was some great The Clash, the clash awesome. was awesome. Okay? But, like, all the, like, new wave one-hit se- wonders. Sex Pistols. Like, well, they were more I mean, 70s. Like, yeah. Clash, like, their sound was actually, like, influenced by the other music of the 80s, though. And there's, yeah, if there's you watch a Clash video, 
You'll know what we're talking about. You can tell the difference between, like, London Calling yes. and Sandinista. Yes. It's, like, totally different, and it's influenced by all this, like, synth-pop crap that's, like, really not my thing. I'm sorry. I don't hate EDM. Like, I just, you know. <laughs> and I'm not one of, and I'm, I, I don't like hair metal either, and I think that for those I two reasons. I love hair metal. Like, yeah, no offense to, like, Danny Stagg. Like, I know you're going to see them out at Jurgles. Like, I'm I'm thinking about taking off, because that sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Well, Danny Stagg's a buddy of ours. Yeah, you so, know. So, I mean... Like, the hair metal stuff, I mean, if I didn't know somebody who was in a hair metal band, like, I wouldn't have anything to say about it at all. You know? The best part is, he's, what, 62 now? Something like that. He's, like, 62. He's the youngest of the brothers. Yeah. So, um... I think he's like 62. He's the only one who's ever been to my house, so. Well, yeah. That, that automatically puts him at the top of the power rankings. Of Actually, I think he's the only one of the brothers that have been in my house, too. Why would, why um, would John Staggerwell come to your house to, like, uh, uh, collection? Uh, <laughs> to be a uh, guest on Bold Sports? And I've waited on John and Paul. <laughs> but um, I've talked to all of them. But Danny Seymour has been to my house. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know. Well, you guys were neighbors, pretty much. Kind of. You guys yeah. lived, like, a block away from each other. Yeah, for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Dormont's great. I love Dormont. Yeah, I kind of miss living in Dormont. I, I do, too. Um, you know. But I, yeah. I, I moved so, such a short distance from there that I'm, I'm still there all the time. And I, and I drive through there, and I still, I still shop at Coons. I'm only four T-stops away. But you don't like shop at Coons anymore. No, I shop at Shop and Save. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I can walk to Shop and Save. I, I maintain a lot of my social connectedness just by like being at Coons and seeing people I know. Right. You know? Like when you're when you're trying to like check out at like two in the morning and Scott Reynolds comes up from behind like assaults you with a celery. <laughs> like, why are you buying celery at two in the morning, Scott? So, dude, we're going home to eat some food. Like, like, why are you buying celery? Are you celery making an ants on a log? Like, <laughs> why am I not invited wait, to, wait, to your ants on a log party, Scott? Where, where's the big jar of jiff <laughs> with that celery? Yeah, no, he's already got the jiff. He, he backs it up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I totally get that. But no, uh, for those of you listening, so, uh, October, October, um, Kingdom Come is playing at... Jurgles in Warrendale. Yeah. I've and never been out there. I have. I, I, okay. That's your, that's more your side of town. Well, well, I grew up in the North Hills. Now, the Jurgles in Warrendale. That's a hike. Was nothing. There was nothing out there. there. Nothing. The original Jurgles. On Babcock. Was on Babcock. I remember that, yeah. And the original Jurgles was on Babcock, and it was awesome. It was like a biker bar. And I remember. Like I never that. went there. And. We talked about North Hills bars last week, and yeah. I, I was more of a three degree. Oh, person. Three Degree Bar and Grill, which is now a hop house. But, um, yeah. So, the original Jurgles on Babcock, which is what I remember, which is now Rum Runners, yeah. uh, owned by Mark Baranowski, who also owns the North Park Clubhouse Lounge, okay. the North Park Lounge. Um, he's the North Park Lounge guy. Um, I used to caddy for Mark Baranowski back in the day, and his business partner, who has since passed away probably 10 or 12 years now, Greg Maggio, um, and those guys gave me my start oh, yeah? as a bartender. Cool. Uh, in 1996, uh, when I turned 18. Okay, so just, <laughs> just I was, I'm doing the math. I'm thinking like 
I was 16 that year. They were they weren't letting me bartend. Yeah. Well, yeah, when I turned 18, uh, I, I went into work. He's like, wait, you're 18 now? Like, he goes, here's a book. That's the bar. That's Kenny. Any questions? Look in a book or ask Kenny. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, and that's how I started bartending uh, my junior year of high school because I turned 18 because I was one of those kids. I'm a February birthday, and yeah. I got held yeah. back here. So, whatevs. But uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break right now. And then we're going to come back and talk some other good shit going on. I heard somebody landed a helicopter at La Trobe today. Oh, yeah. We got Steeler stuff to talk about, and it's pretty much all ridiculous. So, I see, 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 see. And not ridiculous in a bad way. Not like we lost the playoff game to Tim Tebow ridiculous. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm going to have some fun with this Steeler segment. We'll be right back after these messages from Sorgatron Media. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. We black and golders, born and raised yinzers. Born and raised yinzers in that. You know. Uh, you know, tomorrow is the first uh, practice at Latrobe. Up camp. Up camp in that, down Route 30. Uh, is open. They still um, got the. They, they fixed the landslide. Oh yeah, they fixed the I landslide. Think they, did. they did fix the landslide Route Thirty. You don't have to go around anymore. Go through Monroeville, cut down through Turtle Creek, That's and so bad. go up through I, uh, I North Sales, and then come back through McKeesport. You don't have to do that anymore. The old part of Greensburg um, Pike was like a minefield. Oh yeah, like that was the worst detour that I yeah. ever took. Uh, but anyway, Steeler Camp opened today. I didn't say it opened today. Steelers had to report today to camp. Which is the most interesting day of training. It's camp. always the most interesting day of training camp because, you know what, there's a lot of car dealerships that go ahead and say, hey, take this car, take it to camp, show up in it, um, sign a dashboard, and then we're going to go ahead and sell it for like $5,000 more. Because you drove it to camp and you signed a dashboard. Um, now, if you have probably a million dollars laying around and you wanted to buy what Antonio Brown took to camp today, you could. Because Antonio Brown showed up to camp with his two sons in a helicopter. What dealership did he get the helicopter? From? I have no fucking clue. Burgunder helicopter? <laughs> Wait, Burgunder's not even a relevant dealership anymore. Well, that's right. That's they Show your the, age, sir. They, well, no, they went into the helicopter business. Show your age. Listen, man, like, I bought... <laughs> look, my first car... Burgunder Dodge my, my first car, that My first car was a 2004 Cavalier, and I would have it serviced in Castrio to Chevrolet on West Liberty Avenue. Right. Until, you know, GM tanked, and they got the bailout money, but they had to, like, close, like, half their dealerships or something. So, like, all of, like... Well, you're talking about Burgunder. That's Burgunder Dodge was a Bridgeville. Well, that, that that was the... Because my car that now I... Now it's Galise. Now it's Galise, I know that. like... And I used to drive by it all the time. But when I was when I was living in Dormont and working in Cannonsburg, like, I remember the Burgunder and also... Uh, I remember as a kid the Burgunder Dodge dealership right there on the corner of the Bridgeville exit, which is still there. It's now Galise, HVAC. Yeah. But and you would front, think... How but that front window, company? but that front window was all glass, mm-hmm. and the Viper sat in that front window mm-hmm. the whole time. And they had that giant flag. Yes, giant they, flag. Giant flag. 
huge pole. Like, it yeah. wouldn't be windy at all, like, down and on, like, flag was level. still straight out. Because that's how high it was. Yes. Yeah, like, I'm just saying, uh, like, I'm, I'm showing my age a little bit. I'm, we're showing both our age. But, like, Shit. if you're going to buy a... I don't think you just buy a helicopter. All right. So I think me, Antonio Brown hired a helicopter. So, so let me tell you about a little Bur- Burger Dodge thing. Across this, across the intersection is now, it's still a car care service center. Mm. Um, back in the 80s and early 90s, it was uh, Emory Car Care Service uh, sponsored by Uniroyal. Okay. My mom was Jack Emory's um, office person. Okay. She made sure the business ran. Mm-hmm. Um when he bought the Bridgeville location, yeah, said this could be my home office instead of North Hills location. Okay, my mom spent like ten years down there. All right, and so you've that, been in Bridgeville a little bit, and, and that's when Bridgeville was, meh. Yeah. Um. So I could tell you when I was a fourteen-year-old kid, I was out on that corner in rollerblades in a tiger suit. Because Jack Emery paid me $5 an hour on my summer vacations. So was, was it like an Exxon? No, Uniroyal had the Tiger. Oh, the Tiger? U- Uniroyal okay. Tiger? Yeah. See, I'm uh, thinking, like, you know Verona? Yeah. At all? Yeah, the you know, town. You know the corner of, like, Allegheny River Boulevard and Verona Road, where they used to have Falls Service Station? I know, Sandy, Ke- I know, Sandy, I know Sandy Creek. Uh, so Verona is what, it's one the more main, It's the main intersection okay. in, like, Verona. Okay. And there was like a, there's it's still there I think. It's Falls, it's like a privately owned service station. I think it was an Exxon for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So they had like a statue of a tiger. Okay. And it was like a landmark, you know, like make a right at the tiger. Mm-hmm. Um but you're telling me you were like a live action tiger. I had a tiger suit on and I would go out on the side of the road and had the tiger head on and when you're like 12, 13 years old and it's hot out and it's 90 degrees. Guess how many pimples pop out of your face? Oh, I know. Oh, a I know. lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I would stand out on on uh, Washington Pike and like be like, hey, in a tiger suit, come on into, you know, Emory's Car Care, Unirail, um, so forth. And then I got the idea to have my rollerblades on because I had rollerblades uh, like every kid did in the 90s. Yeah. And I... <laughs> I saw the metal, the, I had the metal rollerblades. Okay. They were like hockey skates with oh, like yeah. the metal on the bottom. And I'd go out there in my like rollerblades and the little tiger head on and, you know, and do some shit. Well, shit, man. And Jack Emery used to pay me like $5 an hour to like do that shit during Good my summer vacations Good when I was like 11, 12, 13, whatever. And I didn't think nothing of it. But, yeah, but it used to be Burger or Dodge, and they had the, you know, the Viper right in the corner there, right in the window. Now they have, like, a HVAC unit in that window. Yeah. But. It's hard to believe that a plumbing company slash air conditioning company could fill up the entire parking lot left over from, oh, like, Jesus a Dodge Christ. dealership. Yeah, right? They, they do. do their level best. They do. I mean, they got to, like, I don't know if you know Galise at all, but they're everywhere. And they charge like a hundred bucks to come check out your furnace. Or You're like, hey, you need to change the So they need to get around. And yeah. they might be based in Bridgeville, but they're working all over Allegheny and probably 
Washington, good parts and, of Washington and Westmoreland yeah. and Butler and Beaver. Exactly. So yeah, like uh, you know, neither here nor there. I do not believe that Antonio Brown bought or even leased his helicopter. No, you're probably right. There. Pretty sure he just hired somebody, and that's fine. Well, because they asked like, him, "Oh, look at this! What a stunt!" But it's all about stunts. Well, they asked him. They said, "How was your flight?" He said, "Well, they picked me up at my house, and we flew over to the city of Pittsburgh. We flew over Heinz Field. So lucky, and." We flew over downtown and the rivers and Heinz Field, and then we came out to Latrobe, and I landed here with you good folks, and I'm about to go put in some work. Booming. And he's here. And he's here. He's, he, you know, and uh, and what's funny about that was, tonight at work. I can't get the answer to that on phone call. Oh, Siri's talking to us. Siri. Siri, stop. This is a live podcast um, taping, Siri. So. Can't you see the sign that says on air? With right? the red light? Yeah, right? Um, so, uh, tonight at work, I was in service bar. I'm like fucking elbows deep in booze and beer and pouring whatever, making tickets. And somebody's like, hey, they're like, do you know what Antonio Brown looks like? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, I got this guy out here and here, and he gave me a card, and it said A. Brown on his card. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, like, I think it's Antonio Brown. I'm like, it can't be Antonio Brown. Pretty common they're last like, name. They're like, they're like, why? I was like, because he landed at 2.35 this afternoon in Latrobe in a helicopter to go to Steelers training camp, which yeah. he's sequestered till mm. for two weeks until they have their first preseason game. That he's going to be in Latrobe. Yeah. He's not coming back to Pittsburgh. Like, but does he love If whatever, he does go whatever? to a bar, it's like he's going to go to Dino's. Or like someone which near they've been known to go to. Yeah, they have. Yeah, but, they have. Um, I was like, "Can you go out and take a look?" I walked out and took a look. I'm like, "Yep." I'm like, "That's not Antonio Brown." I'm like, "That's another uh, well chiseled, uh, dark skinned person that has the same last name as he does." I'm like, "But that's not Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown has hair. That dude has no hair." Uh, yeah. And she's like, oh, really? She goes, I thought it really was. I'm like, no. It's um, like that guy who used to pretend to be Ben Roethlisberger. Remember that dude? Oh, yeah. Like, back back when Ben was, like, in his, like, first couple seasons. The first couple seasons, he'd go out, and he was the same build, same height, same everything. And he'd walk around with a hoodie on and be like, mm-hmm. I'm Ben, and he had an ID. And The funny thing was he also... Um, Tried to impersonate Jeremy Tooman, which was like, if you got this hustle going, where like you're tricking people into thinking you're the Steelers' starting quarterback, why on God's earth would you also run a side hustle where you're fat. the backup tight end? Because you got fat. That's why they were. Yeah, but not like. I mean, I'm sorry, but like, a tight end is not that much bigger than Ben Roethlisberger. That dude, that dude put on, like, Casey Hampton weight. All right. I'm not body shaming. Like, the shame oh. is in pretending to be a stealer in the first place. Exactly. Um, you know, if you, if you can't, like, meet women with your own personality, then, like, <laughs> maybe you need to, like, take some classes or something. Don't, you're there just don't buy, commit fraud. You're there just buy hookers off back page. Well, that's not going to 
Backpage is shut down. Yeah, that's true. So is Craigslist and everything else. You're right. <sighs> we don't actually know about that stuff here. <laughs> no, we don't. We, we don't know that. anything we about it. We heard that from our... Uh... Through, through the green fine. <laughs> um, but, no. Uh, Steelers camp did start today. The players reported. We're um, actually a Civil Liberties podcast, so we actually do know about that stuff. Uh, yeah. Damn it. Um, <laughs> so, camp started... Uh, they reported a camp starts full board tomorrow, uh, and so forth. Uh, the first, uh, was it the first um, spectator mm-hmm. camp starts at two thirty five uh, Thursday, goes through uh, the weekend. Uh, they are going to have their traditional. Friday night, uh, camp at Latrobe Stadium. That's always a good event. I've never been to it, but... No, because we can never get tickets. It's yeah. a ticket event. And they do the goal line drill. And they do the goal line drill. And it's they do everything. Deal, it's a know? big deal. And it's it's at a high school stadium yeah. in a small town in Western PA. Yeah. And what you know? what a great tradition. A lot of teams that have these practice facilities like the Steelers have are doing their camps in-house, and they're not going to a college, and they're not, they're not going, like, off-site anymore. But the Steelers, I so mean, they've got, such a, they've got such a connection with, Saint with, Vincent. with the Roonies, with St. Vincent, and, like, the whole, you know. Uh, did I ever tell you about the time I went up there to visit my friend who went to St. Vincent? No. And he was, he was living up there for the summer. And no. I, I went up to hang out, and I, I pulled up in there, and I just, I'm in my parents' car. I see a parking space, so I pull in. And, like, you pull into this, you know, you ever pull into, like, a space that you didn't realize was a handicap space until you're, like, sitting there with, like, the, the sign right in front of you, and you're like, oh, never mind, I'm pull back out and move. Well, it wasn't a handicap sign. It said, this space is reserved for Steelers chairman Daniel M. Rooney. Ah. And I was Oops. like... Oh, my my, uh, my apologies. So I pulled out. And, and I drove. And I, before you had a camera on your phone. Oh, yeah. yeah I didn't have a phone. I was I was like a sophomore in college, home for break. Oh, working yeah. at Blockbuster Video. Yeah. Again, let's phones. date ourselves here. I was working at a Blockbuster, driving up in my, my parents' neon Dodge, not from Burgunder probably, but a Dodge neon, driving up to Latrobe. And, yeah, I, for just a split second, stole Dan Rooney's parking spot. And then I and then I drove up the hill to like closer to my friend's dorm. And after I picked him up, we were like going back into town, and I I drove right right down past Cordell Stewart. I, I had to like I had to like move over closer to the curb so Cordell Stewart could get his like Escalade through. And that's the only th- I didn't watch a single like practice snap, but I was there. I stole the CEO of the company's spot, and I saw the quarterback in his car. So that counts as far as I'm concerned. Because the crap they do at camp otherwise is boring as hell. It's uh, drills. Drills. It's, you know what? But here's the thing. It's drills and it's uh, camaraderie that needs to be endured by all players on the team. Especially the rookies. you got to the indoctrinate them into the culture. Uh, Edmonds, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, signed yesterday his rookie deal. Good. Uh, Ten million, whatever, whatever. Uh, I don't know how much guaranteed. Um, 
but he signed. Uh, of course, Le'Veon Bell has not signed his franchise tag yet. And he's not in camp. And he's not in camp. And he he's can not sit home and be salty about Todd Gurley's deal. And he's not going to be in camp. He's going to be in Miami working out and doing his thing, and he'll show up uh, as soon as camp. Well, they consider camp break um, the Monday after the last preseason game. So, uh, Le'Veon Bell will show up uh, with a week to prepare uh, for a real season game, which is against Cleveland in Pittsburgh. Uh, and Wait, we're playing Cleveland in the preseason? No, no, the first regular season. Oh, regular season. Okay. Preseason, I think we got like the Giants and the Eagles. And, yeah. Uh, preseason, I don't really worry about. I got um, into an argument with a Browns fan once about how... <laughs> About was how, it Jimmy Wolford? No, no, no. It was a guy <laughs> in Meadville. Where Meadville is kind of like in that, distant between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And sort Buffalo. of like, sort of like, Buffalo, well, so. yeah, but the Buffalo, it's it really doesn't even exist. Like I, I knew a couple Buffalo fans, but there there were bars on North Street. Right. There were townie bars where we never went. Like the college students were not really like wanted there, you know. Right. But there was there was a bar called like the Deerhead Inn that was like a huge Steelers bar and it had like a big Steeler helmet painted painted on the side and then right next door was a bar called the North Street Scene and it was a Browns bar nice. so there was a Steelers bar right next to a Browns bar well I, and that, that's a great thing in a town like that you know with, with like a small small group of Browns fans small group of Steelers fans well, it's un- mainly more a Steelers. Town. It's unfortunate now that um, the only Browns bar I knew in Pittsburgh closed. There was a Browns bar in Pittsburgh. Yeah. What? Peters. Peters was a Browns bar. Yeah. What? Peters was a Browns bar. I mean, there's college students who like the Browns. I guess you know they're paying that out of state tuition to go to Pitt. I guess they should be accommodated by one of the more. You know, that's a pretty prominent pit bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's closed. It's, it's too bad that it's closed. And speaking of bar closings, can I just say that Diamond Market closing in Market Square kind of sucks? Why? Because they're replacing it with a Bank of America branch. It sucks to replace it with the Bank of America branch. I mean, and it also sucks that I don't have the money right now to go purchase that thing or license and keep it open. Yeah. Um... I mean, the Diamond market is gone already. So Diamond market, snap that up. Diamond market in general closing is not a painful uh, thing for me. Not for me either. But uh, the fact that they're replacing it with a bank, yeah. Like I love going down yeah. to Market Square. That they're gonna replace it with a bank. That, that's I don't go to Market Square to like borrow yeah, money. Yeah, exactly. I go to Market Square to drink. Yeah. Um, and I stick to my true roots in Market Square, and that's for Manny. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, but so, speaking of Steelers and this, that, and the other thing, we have probably one of the best offensive lines going into the season. Yeah. We have probably one of the best quarterbacks going into this season. Now, granted, ESPN and everybody else, the NFL Network and all that, says Roethlisberger's a below-15 quarterback. That's re- 
ridiculous. Um, he's top five. He's for my money. He's the top five for my money. Um, also, you know what? In the event Le'Veon Bell goes down, how do you feel about James Conner coming back off a knee injury, second year player? Um, he's worked himself out and so forth. He's bigger. Uh, Muscular-wise, he's got the bigger frame. Uh, he looks totally different this year than he did last year as Everything a rookie. Everything about James Conner makes me say yes. Like, I love I love that he's a pit guy. I love that he's an eerie guy. I love you his know, story. I love that he survived cancer. Yeah. Um, he doesn't do what Le'Veon Bell does. He never has. And he's not going That's to. That's not his style. Um... We all know the NFL is a pass-heavy league, like yep. like it hasn't been, or it wasn't that way in the 90s when it was Bettis and, you know, oh, yeah. two receivers and a tight end and a fullback and a Bettis. Speaking okay, about like, pass-heavy league, yeah. how do you feel about, Des Bryant still out there on the fucking line? Des Bryant. He's available? He's available. Mm-hmm. There's been talks about the Steelers maybe bring him in as a fourth receiver. But will Des Bryant take that money? Des Bryant left the Cowboys as the number one receiver, getting paid over ten million dollars a year. They cut him the year before this year. If Des Bryant was still in the contract, if he's his last contract year, then he'd be an unrestricted free agent. The Cowboys cut him, and now he's out there. So, do you think the Steelers could bring Des Bryant in? As a third, fourth receiver for two million a year, and him be happy, and he'll get some deep balls because we all know Des Bryant is a deep ball guy. He's a deep ball cut across the middle guy. He's a deep he, ball he, guy. He, he's for sure. he's not a cut across the middle every spot guy. Nobody's picked him up yet. Nobody's picked him up yet. The talk on the wire is that the Steelers have an interest in him, but the money is the issue. And we all know the Steelers spend to the cap rate every year. Yeah. That's why, you know, that people aren't getting signed here nor there. The other thing, as soon as Le'Veon Bell said no, the Steelers signed five other guys and made that money up. Yeah. Now, Lev Bell said no to seventy million, five years, thirty-five guaranteed. Todd Gurley gets signed by the Rams, six years, forty-five mil guaranteed, seventy seventy million six years. Mm-hmm. The Steelers were willing to pay Lev Bell one year shorter, same amount of money. For the most part. Right, which works out to more money per year. Correct. Um, so, Gurley so, so, is yeah, at an but, earlier phase of his career. Gurley's 23, Lev Bell's 27. He'll be 20 in September. I mean, four years. Or sorry, sorry, time. 20 in February. Four four years for a running back in the NFL. Oh, yeah, it's that's like considerable. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as the Steelers are concerned, like, we don't have Todd Gurley. Like, we have Le'Veon Bell. Right. And the the franchise cap, as it's constituted, like, sets his value. 
based mm-hmm. on the top five. And, you know, he didn't want the deal. Like, we, we offered him a deal that was pretty much on par with the Todd Gurley deal, and he didn't want it. He wants to try to do better. Um, he's now, his, now his job is to prove to teams that he's worth more than Todd Gurley. This can be a good thing for us, for the Steelers, for Steelers fans. If, yeah, if, he's if, not Bell has, if Bell has a target, it is do better than Gurley. I mean, his target should be to win a Super Bowl. But yes. if that doesn't happen, then it should be like better numbers than Todd Gurley at age 27. You know, make the yards, make the catches. You know, have more catches than Gurley. Have more value as a dual threat out of the backfield. It can't hurt that he's motivated by that. Um, as far as the Des Bryant thing, like it's, I don't see that happening. That's not the Steelers style. It's not Steelers style um, at all. You know, he'd, he'd be third receiver at best. Yeah. And you talk about the deep balls, like Ben, I don't think has the deep ball like he used to. Nope. Not like he used to. Like I, maybe, maybe that's what, I, I still don't think that makes him a top 15 quarterback. But, yeah, he doesn't have the deep ball. No. Nope. You know, Brett Favre didn't have the deep ball, like, ever. He well, was still a top five until he uh, retired the first time. You know, Brett Favre, to me, is probably one of the greatest quarterbacks. Oh, absolutely. I, I, no, I'm, I, ride for, I ride for Brett Favre. I do. He, 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 he stuck around two years too long. That, you but know you what? don't blame him for you that because that's all he did. You know what? Ever knew. But you see that play with the Jets where Brett Favre drops back and just holds the ball behind his back mm-hmm. and just shows back and stands there. Everybody else going on, and he just goes ahead and slings it over top and then throws a touchdown to Brandon Marshall. It's like, what the fuck? Where'd that come from? Yeah. And and you just look and you're like, that's why Brett Favre was there. Um, I gotta go watch some Brett Favre highlights. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, I, th- that that part where Brett Favre just stood back and just held the ball behind his back, and it's like, uh, boom. I mean, uh, he's Brett fucking Favre. Yeah, he I mean, was. Brett- now he's best known for the, the copper sleeve yeah. commercials, you know? You know There's kids coming up now who want to be quarterbacks who don't know Brett Favre, other than, oh, you mean the copper sleeve guy? Yeah. Yeah. Brett Favre. Favre. You know. But no, uh, Steelers-wise, camp just started. Uh, we'll have more takes on that. I'm going to try to get out to camp. Yeah, are you? So, I'm, not. I'm not. I have uh, no interest in it. But I, I do want to talk about the roller coaster. Oh, roller coaster it is. You have four minutes. Okay, so <laughs> the I, I found a fascinating Twitter um, thread a couple weeks ago, of somebody who's like a super diehard Kennywood fan who got the little punch card that had a... It was like a scratch-off ticket right? with a bunch of numbers. And you were supposed to be able to like figure out the significance of all the numbers. And some of the numbers were like the height of like the biggest drop and the number of inversions and like the cost of the roller coaster. And this, this girl had it down. Like she, she predicted almost everything about it Except for that she had it was going to be like a wood-slash-metal hybrid coaster, and it's just going to be steel. Right. And she also did not predict that it was going to have a Steelers theme. Which, 
in hindsight, seems like a no-brainer because it's Pittsburgh. And if you look at the trend in theme parks, like, everybody's got some sort of tie-in to some sort of, like, fandom. Okay? So there's, like, Star Wars is coming to Disney now because Disney yeah. has Star Wars. And there's, like, Harry Potter at Universal. And, you know, there's, like, Jurassic Park. And, like, all these, like, fandoms that, like, people, like, are... are passionate about like have a, a roller coaster ride or like a theme park for them kennywood has always just been a theme park for yinzers it is like the uh, you it, know, it's jackrabbit like, the thunderbolt you know the log jammer but whenever they've tried to incorporate branding from like bigger like national things it, it hasn't worked like they had the garfield ride lame I went yeah. on it. Last time I went to Kennywood, yeah, I went on the Garfield ride. I've been to Kennywood in 10 years, so... Yeah, same. It's been a long time for me. But, like, when I did go, like, the, the big new thing was, like, oh, this this ride, which used to be the old mill, was Garfield branded. And it's like... Oh, uh, no, I did go on that when it was Garfield. Yeah. And you couldn't, like, make out with your significant other in the old mill. You had to, like... Mm. Yeah, yeah. And they took pictures. Yeah. Because I, I had a picture of me and Jess, like, on the Garfield ride. And we're both just, like, giving the finger because it's like, shut up, Garfield, you're lame. You know, and I know Garfield is, like, popular online, but it's ironic. The Steelers are popular for real. Yes, they and, are. And, like, what better, like, they should turn all of Kennywood into just, like, a theme park for Yenzers. This is the first step. So, yeah, they're going to have this, the, the, the Steelers coaster. It's going to be called the Steel Curtain. A steel curtain coaster. They're gonna have a whole area where you can like put your skills against uh, defensemen. You know, be able to put your skills against uh, wide receivers. And can so you can you stop Mean Joe Green from getting to the quarterback? No, no, I you cannot. Can't. Go home. I've met Mean Joe. Go Green. win a troll. At the I've basketball I, game. I've met Mean Joe Green several times, and you know what? The last time I met Mean Joe Green was. Two years ago, yeah, and I I looked at Mean Joe Green. And I was like, Joe, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I shook his hand, and his hand was twice as big as mine. And I said, Thank you very much. I was like, It's been a pleasure taking care of you. Um, have a good evening. He's like, Oh, thank you very much. It's awesome. And I I was astonished as a I reverted back to 12 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ah, Mean Joe Green. I would like, like them to can, do... can you just toss me your jersey and I'll give you a Coke? I and would really like, like for them, since they are calling it the Steel Curtain, it'd be really nice if they honored the original Steel Curtain in some way. Well... Because we always talk about the Steelers' defense, yeah. but there's only one Steel Curtain. Yeah, okay. and there's only one Steeler left. And there's only original. one member of it. So, like, they, they, it would be really cool if they had, like, a star, like a walk of fame. Yeah. That actually had, like, the four members of the Steel Curtain. Yeah, and there's only one person left alive. And there's, so he can that. cut the ribbon. Exactly. I mean, but they've already, like, planned it more than I, I mean. So. They didn't even consult with us. So, uh, Matt, Steel Curtain members, go. Elsie Greenwood. Joe Green. Donnie Schell. Uh, Fats Holmes. There you go. Okay. I wouldn't have gotten Donnie Schell. I always go Fats third because he's the guy who shot at a helicopter. So I, <laughs> he's easy to remember. <laughs> right. You know? Um, Donnie Schell. Steel Curtain. 
The original Steel Curtain in the 70s. Yeah, they, they should totally um, incorporate you know that. When was the last time you ran into Franco Harris? The last time I saw him? Ran into him. Saw I've him never whatever. run into him. Honestly, the last time I saw him in public, and I was actually just talking about this today, was at the 2008 St. Patrick's Day Parade when Hillary Clinton <laughs> marched. And then coming up behind her was the Obama supporters, but Obama wasn't there. And the most famous person in the Obama group was Franco Harris. Well, And that's probably the closest I've ever been to him in real life. I've waited on him over the years and so forth, but I ran into Franco Harris about a week and a half ago yeah. at the grocery store. Oh, yeah? Does he still I'll, like Obama? I'll tell you right now. I don't care if he likes Obama or not. I'll tell you right now, the dude's still like six fucking four yeah. five. And it looks like you can start tomorrow. Do you try to sell you donuts? <laughs> no, but he's Franco fucking Harris. He is so Franco who cares? Harris. So did, on that did he note, like corner you to talk about Joe Pa. No. Okay, good. But in the meantime, thank you folks for listening to Bull Sports. We're gonna have a more hot takes on this show next week. And right now we're gonna go ahead and sign off and you can listen to us on all your um what? iTunes, Stitcher. iTunes, Stitcher, all that. Sorgatron stuff. Media. Sorgatron Media. Here's hoping your favorite pirate doesn't get traded between now and the next time we speak. And for all of us here at Bold Sports, including Stella the Cat. Stella's, Stella's like, good night. <laughs> Peace Hey, Ians, thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend for the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Fernald on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag BoldSports. BoldPittsburgh on the Facebook, or BoldPGH.com. 